Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast. We've got a lot of news and some current events we need to talk about, and especially what's happening in the Senate in the United States today, the vote they're going to have on this bill called, <laughs> deceitfully called the Respect for Marriage Act, but um, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, today's guest that was on the schedule, M.D. Perkins, came down with a bug uh, I was under the weather today, so uh, that book is phenomenal, his book on so-called gay Christianity and how Christians can respond to that. Uh, he's with the American Family Association. We are going to reschedule. We're going to have him on the podcast for sure. I've got the book, and it's, it is amazing, excellent writing. So you can check out AFA.net, one of the many great sites via the American Family Association. So let's open with some scripture and prayer today. I think we need to do that because we're going to talk about some things. Um, also, this never-ending popul- population control agenda. We've got to talk about that, what they're doing um, in the open now. It's no longer behind closed doors. It's all out in the open. And we're just, it's, it's just astounding. Uh, the ground that they have gained. So I want to go over to Hebrews chapter 12. Well, let me start with Psalm 55, 22. It simply says, and this is a good reminder for us as we talk about some of these things that are happening, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Hebrews 12, 26. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he promised Once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words, once more, indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Verse 28, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Hebrews twelve twenty six through 29. Lord God, give us wisdom today, please. Uh, we are so grateful that we can come to you boldly to your throne of grace. And you invite us. And we can receive mercy and find grace when we are in need. And God, we pray that you'd continue to provide for us and protect us from the enemy. We thank you for your favor. I pray in Jesus' name for anyone who is not doing well with their physical health. We pray for um, strengthened immune systems. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask for healing for those who need it in whatever area of their lives, not just physically, emotionally, uh, mentally, spiritually. Um, God, we just ask that you touch those who are listening right now, the family of God, believers in Christ, who we will spend eternity with. We thank you for the promises, and we thank you for your truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's start with a very interesting article um, on the World Economic Forum leaders and how they want to have a cut in half. <laughs> they want to cut in half the world's population by 2050. So the United Nations predicts that there will be 9.6 billion people on the planet at that time. That prediction is highly doubtful based on current events. And, you know, and what, I, what do I mean by that? Um, the fertility rates are extremely low. We are not producing offspring at a very good rate to maintain um, some stability here in America and in a lot of countries around the world. So that could be a problem. But yet they're saying, you know, save the planet. Humans are the problem climate change, you know, environmentalism, we've got to save everything, we've got to, you know, care for nature. Who cares about human beings, right? That's why there's so many of these agendas, abortion, euthanasia. But um, the United Nations is in cahoots with the World Economic Forum. 
in exploring ways to dramatically reduce the number of human beings on the earth. It's part of the Great Reset. Bill Gates, Klaus, Klaus Schwab, Yuval Noah Harari, and this guy, um, Sadguru, I'm calling him. I don't know how to pronounce it. Sad, Sadguru? Uh, Sadguru, he's a yogi, a mystic, a visionary. He's a best-selling author, just like Harari, and very influential, these Elites, power elites, they've openly advocated for depopulation, and they're currently attempting to generate increased public support for quickly reducing the world's population. So this guy named Sadhguru, he says, the elephant in the room is human population because we cannot control human aspirations. We can only control human population. Um, so what they're saying is 0% growth, in other words, no more new births, that's not good enough. We have to go into a minus. Why can't we determine that by 2050, the world population will be at 3.5 or 4 billion people? End quote. <clears throat> now, let's, let's clarify something. Current world population is at 8 billion right now. And these guys are saying, why can't we be at 3.5 or 4 billion? In other words, half of what we have now in the next 25 years or so. Isn't that astounding? No, because we know the heart of man, the evil heart of man. We know the wicked one, the evil one. The goal is to, is to kill, steal, and destroy. So this article goes on, and uh, it's written by Eric Utter over at American Thinker. He says, the lockdowns and vaccine mandates that have apparently led to an unprecedented number of excess deaths we're a good way to start for you guys, meaning the power elites and the evil governments and globalists, um, admittedly. But eliminating half the people currently on this troubled orb seems a bit aggressive. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that – and this guy, back to Sadhguru, he said, I'm sure that worms and insects are more self-aware and reflective than we silly humans. Wow. So according to the Gateway Pundit – those like World Economic Forum advisor Yuval Noah Harari consider humans useless eaters. Um, the future is about developing more and more sophisticated technology like artificial intelligence, not actual human life, and bioengineering. Okay, I want to mention something that I saw, one of the most disturbing documentaries I've ever seen. I saw last week, and it's called Died Suddenly. I don't know if you've seen it. I wouldn't recommend it to, to most of you. It's not for the faint of heart, um, and it's not for people that struggle with anxiety or fear. or uh, It's just really disturbing. And if the evidence, if what they are putting out in this documentary is is happening on a global scale, we... It'll be just in a short time. We will know. We will know. So what was that about? Well, remember we did a report about six months ago, maybe less. Up in Canada, they they came out with some research that the new number one cause of death in Canada was no longer um, um, diabetes, cancer, heart attacks. The new number one, they created an, another, a brand new category called... Unknown causes. Unknown causes was the new number one reason for a uptick in deaths in Canada. I don't remember what show that was. We did that. Maybe it was three or four months ago. So it's interesting. Um, and some conservative outlets reported on it and showed videos of athletes on the field or wherever they were just dropping and then it showed people out in public all of a sudden fainting or dropping. What was a common denominator? And you can connect the dots. The mainstream media doesn't want to. They refuse. Our government, supposedly for all the people in America, they refuse to connect the dots or even look at anything as a possibility, a possible reason, because it's happening around the world, right, not just in Canada. Um, but they're not connecting the dots. But this all took place after the vaccines were rolled out. 
So I'm not – now someone's just tuned off – you turned off the radio. You turned off your podcast. You say, I'm done. I'm done with stand-up for the truth. Well, just hear me out. Because what if this is a possibility? What if this could be the reason for some of these bizarre deaths among young people, unknown causes? What? Why don't they investigate these unknown causes a little further? Don't be in such a hurry to cremate the bodies. Now, I say that because I talked to a funeral director over the weekend. I was asking him a lot of questions. He says, I don't remember what percentage he gave, something like 80% of people now, um, families, are going to cremation instead of burying a body and having you know the funeral at the cemetery and doing that whole thing, as traditionally we did for hundreds, hundreds of years here in this country. So cremation is very popular now. And so he was, he is actually one of the men that work at this funeral home that actually puts the body in the incinerator to, you know, to burn him and to cremate. So they are not embalming. But in this documentary that I watched, it interviewed funeral directors and embalmers who said they have never seen anything like this up until the last two years. Prior to that, they've never seen this. What is this? They were, to embalm, I guess you have to inject formaldehyde or something else into the veins, the arteries of the dead bodies. And you have to obviously have a clear path to do that. Well, they found a lot of clots, a lot of clotting. And they were pulling out this material that, I know it's it's creepy, I hope you're not eating. <coughs> Excuse me. It, it looked like... Uh, Kind of like a, a crunched up or a wilted fettuccine noodle. So that's what they're pulling out of these veins of people that have that have died because they couldn't get the fluid into their veins. So I again, I would not recommend this documentary um, for the faint of heart. But for those who want to research this a little further, that's why I called this funeral director and I asked as many questions as I could. Um, but yeah, they. Every one of them that were interviewed in this documentary, they said they were finding these same things, and it all started about a year and a half ago. And that's interesting. When people started dying of, quote, (laughs) unknown causes, uh, they were finding this thing clotting people's uh, veins and arteries. They're finding this substance, and it shows what they were pulling out of people. So I know this is creepy. I know you guys don't have a hard time believing this. I did. Um, up until I saw how the World Economic Forum, globalists, power elites, and the radical, evil, godless left reacted during COVID. That was an eye-opening moment in our history, at least for me and for many people, I think, to see how those in power handled it. And then, but <laughs> it was also interesting to see how the church handled it or didn't handle the lockdowns. But that's another story we've talked about before. So just want to put that out there, friends. This population control agenda is not conspiracy. It is true. They are openly, you can find these leaders, global leaders and power brokers. You can find their quotes online. You can look up articles. You can watch videos. Look up Yuval Noah Harari if you haven't seen or heard him. My goodness, um, almost the definition of, of evil in the heart of man and his worldview. It is a worldview that has rejected God, the truth, creation, the value of every single human life. And we know there's been an attack on life ever since the beginning of time, really, but in our country, in our context for this population control agenda. It goes back to Margaret Sanger in the early 1900s. Uh, she definitely influenced, you know, Hitler's uh, radical theories of, you know, eugenicists. And eug- she was a eugenicist. Let's just face it, she was a racist. She was a eugenicist. She believed that we needed less people on the earth. And she also believed, she was a racist. She believed in limiting the black population and minorities. Um, she was evil. And yet, founded Planned Parenthood. They changed the name, right? I think it was the American Birth Control League or something like that. First clinic went up in a black neighborhood in Harlem, remember, in the, I think 1921. 
so I'm just sharing this again for you guys to keep an eye on some of these articles and some of these quotes or interviews where you hear a globalist or someone at the United Nations or some government agency talk about the planet, saving the planet, talk about population and whatever else. So just want to put that out there. Now, next, don't know how long we'll get. We've got five minutes in this segment, but uh, the Respect for Marriage Act, it's deceitfully named. They are going to vote on that today. I believe it's today in the Senate. Let's talk a little bit about the background. Um, it will expose re- religious schools and nonprofits to lawsuits. So what happened over Thanksgiving weekend, a lot of NFL games, college football games, the Heritage Foundation is a conservative think tank, and they spent more than a million dollars to run advertisements during Thanksgiving weekend and during college football games to warn Americans about this, quote, uh, so-called Respect for Marriage Act. Um, the final vote is scheduled for today, which, if it passes, will codify the rights, the right, so-called, right, to same-sex marriage. It will provide special rights. It does not give same-sex couples new rights. That's what they're thinking the bill will do. Some people are thinking that naively. But it also could give the IRS grounds to revoke tax-exempt statuses from religious groups. Um, America's religious liberty has been and will always be under attack because we have an enemy that does not sleep. This impending vote in the Senate is just another way they're doing that. Um, the bill would repeal the 1996 Defense of Marriage Act. That was signed 1996, 2006, I mean, 25 years ago, roughly. It, that bill affirms for federal purposes that marriage is the union of one man and one woman. So can you see now how the Democrat LGBTQ lobby is against this bill? Well, it passed a week or a week and a half ago, a procedural vote in the Senate with the support of 50 Democrats and unfortunately 12 so-called Republicans. Um, I'm just kind of skimming some of these articles to give you. It pays lip service to religious liberty concerns. It would lead to a cascade of legal woes for private citizens, including business owners, who oppose same-sex marriage. And um, one senator on Tony Perkins' Washington Watch said, look, they're doing the same thing in in the Senate that they did in the House. The bill did not come through committee in the House. It went directly to the floor. We didn't have a lot of information on it when they were calling for a vote. Stop. Isn't that how Democrats often play? They shove something through legislation before enough information is able to get out. So I'm skipping to the next one. What's interesting about this push for all things LGBTQ? Um, according, um, I'm writing an article this week on a fascinating census that was just revealed in, in America. Do you, you know how many... U.S. couples are same-sex households. Think about this. The agenda dominates society. The agenda is absolutely mainstream. If you listen to Hollywood, Democrats, public schools, corporations, sports leagues, government, big tech, social media, and on and on, the average person in this country might think that we are overwhelmingly dominated by LGBTQ population. Individuals, couples, but not so fast. I'm going to give it to you because we got to take a break in a minute. So I'm just going to give it to you. The punchline. One percent of U.S. couples are same-sex households. One percent. This is according to the latest U.S. census. Okay. I've got much more to talk about on this, but it's. We've, we've just got to really understand the programming that's happening. We've talked about it a lot on this podcast. We are continuing to expose the darkness to give you ways to respond to this informed. We are always to speak the truth in love. But let's talk about this. How did we get here where the majority of people think that this agenda is more popular than it really is? Much more on Stand Up For The Truth in just a minute. 
Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. So I want to remind you guys, uh, redpillprints.com, if you go to Stand Up For The Truth, you can click on the word merch. Up at the top, they've added some new items, and now there are over two dozen things you can buy to give as Christmas gifts. And that will indirectly help our ministry because they send us the proceeds. It's not a lot, you know, but every little bit adds up. Um, because they've got to cover the cost of the shipping and, and the cost of the material, the product. They've got hooded sweatshirts, candles, uh, T-shirts, water bottles, coffee mugs, um, long-sleeve shirts. They've got these all. Um, StandUpForTheTruth.com. Click on Merch, or you can go to RedPillPrints.com, and they've got a Stand Up For The Truth page. So thank you, guys. Um, and one more thing, those who have been giving to this ministry through PayPal, um, making monthly donations or however you do it. We are changing that. We've, uh, maybe you've noticed, some of you have already changed to a different credit card or debit card because we are no longer using PayPal. We, uh, our accounting office is going to, uh, do, they've been doing something different. So you can donate with check, credit, or ACH. I don't know what that is, but a lot of you do. Uh, there are other secure options that you can, uh, give to this ministry and donate. Um, if you need assistance, you can go ahead and email a Katie Crash, or you can call, of course, our number 800-979-9010. And let's get back to this article now. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about how, how is the church responding? How has the church responded to the accommodation of all things LGBTQ? Uh, we're going to talk about that one in one state. 249 churches voted to leave a particular denomination over homosexuality and the affirming and welcoming and all that. I'll tell you which that, what that is coming up. But let's continue where, let's clarify, 1% of U.S. couples, according to the U.S. Census, are same-sex married households. Now, you've heard... Maybe that between 3% and 4% of Americans are LGBTQ. They, that could be the case. Uh, we're talking about marriage. We're talking about same-sex marriage. Married households. Interesting. Only, it's actually technically nine-tenths of 1%. And yet, if you listen to the leftists and uh, the, the cultural influencers, you would believe that it's at least half of the country, right? Let me give an example. I saw a man on the street interview um, several years ago. And it, almost everyone he talked to, everyone who responded, seemed to think that between 20 and 40% of our population was gay. Now, this speaks volumes. Let's just say that the average person thought it was 30% of America. That speaks volumes about who and what influences the culture. Now, friends, that's effective marketing. I call it the marketing of evil. But tragically, it's not the church influencing culture. It's someone or something else. But we're now at a point where what we're seeing is known as queer all year. It's not just LGBTQ History Month. It's not just Gay Pride Month, Pride Month in June. It's all year. I got this from... uh, I get this from public school teachers. They're coming up with different things. Equity, diversity, e- equity, inclusion. There's task forces now. There are um, uh, transgender awareness weeks. Uh, you look at the school calendar. If you want to check that out, by the way, Linda Harvey over at Mission America has a calendar of the corruption in the public schools and what they celebrate. There's something every month. So in other words, it's nonstop. It's all year round. Now, back to the survey, back to the U.S. Census. There were about 1.2 million same-sex couple households in the U.S. as of last year, according to the Census Bureau data. 1.2 million. That's all. How many people are in America? What's the population? Over 330 million so 1.2. Do you understand the percentage now? So one interesting fact out of the major change agents, um, government has been a biggie. We know the entertainment industry and social media um, have been pushing this for decades, but government, 
the home of most federal employees and politicians, the District of Columbia, exceeds all states for the highest percentage of same-sex couple households, 2.5%. And that's the highest out of all the states. Hawaii, I think, is second at 1.4%. But CNS News pointed out that um, Washington, D.C. is leading the way at 2.5% of same-sex married households. None of the 50 states had a number of same-sex couple households that accounted for more than 1.44%. And the average, as I said, again, is 0.9%. That's nine-tenths of 1%. So it's also interesting, listen to this, that roughly 710,000 of the same-sex couple households were married. But listen, about 500,000 were unmarried. What does that mean? Wait a minute. Why aren't the homosexual marriage numbers, lesbian or gay or whatever marriages, why aren't they much higher? You know why. It was never about marriage. It was about rejecting God's design, rejecting the truth. It's about sex and special rights, not equality, not equal rights. Think about this in the build-up to the Supreme Court, the Supremes, striking down all state bans on same-sex marriage in 2015, which at the time, I believe, 30-some states had some sort of protections for marriage between one man and one woman. They had bans on homosexual, quote, marriage. The Supreme Court struck it all down federally in 2015. Well, do you remember Americans were promised from the left and from the activists, that's all they wanted. They just want to, you know, love who they want to love. That's all. It would end there. Not so. We know better now, don't we? Drag queen story hour. LGBTQ pride. Diversity. Inclusion. Welcoming. Equity. You're in, oh, anyway, let's, let's go back. So for decades, they've pushed the limits. And one reason I think they've gained so much ground is they realized there was such a lack of resistance to the promotion of sin, perversion, the marketing of evil. That's how they made so much progress. They, they gained ground they never thought possible. This is just my opinion. This is what's called commentary. They gained ground they never thought possible. They thought, oh, they're surely this is going to be much harder work than it is <laughs> to convince people. But propaganda is powerful. In its arsenal of weapons used by the left, words have been front and center. Accusations, labels of hate, homophobia, intolerance, fascism, and even racism have, have somehow been used as a battering ram to pummel those or silence those who dare publicly oppose the agenda. So few today now, few today are allowed, in public anyway, to oppose LGBTQ ideology and refute the propaganda that's presented as fact. I was born in the wrong body. Wait a minute, let's talk about that. No, hater, homophobe, racist. Wait a minute, let's talk about the science Oh, oh, we define the science. (laughs) Oh, I thought Anthony Fauci does. Um, So one would think those who believe in God and in biblical values, such as two genders, the traditional family, and natural marriage between one man and one woman, one would think that we are outnumbered dramatically, but again, not even remotely Close. Remember, the United States census, less than 1%, less than 1% of American households are headed by a same-sex couple. Nine-tenths of 1%. So the radical left has been lobbying, parading, legislating, and infringing on religious freedoms, spreading this poison and propaganda. There's a good article over at the Washington Stand. Ben Johnson wrote it, and it's called 
Media bias aside, Americans do not support the reality of same-sex marriage. Here's proof. So that's by Ben Johnson at the Washington Stand. He believes one of the most pervasive lies insists that Americans support same-sex marriage by ever-increasing margins. But as we know now, that's not the case. And he even refers to some lifestyles of those in, in gay relationships and notes that by their own admission, the average gay couple is not monogamous. The average gay couple, average now, begins having sex with other people outside of their relationship within five to six years. Why? Because it's not about a committed relationship forever till death do us part. It's not about that, friends. We need to understand that in order to know how to respond to this. Here's what he said. He adds, quote, as decades of polls show, virtually all Americans do not respect marriages built on a foundational, on a foundation of perpetual mutual adultery. So, Americans do not respect those marriages or they, because they do not support adultery in any case. If you look at all the stats in the surveys, why not simply remain single then? Indeed, he writes, nine out of ten Americans still find any single instance of adultery morally wrong. That's interesting. Now he's got some links on where he got the information in the polls. But legislation compelling the American people to respect such marriages, simply seeks to shut down opposition. He's referring to the Respect for Marriage Act, which would repeal and replace the Defense of Marriage Act. So this new Democrat bill does not, don't believe the lies, it does not truly protect all citizens, our religious liberties. So we've been warned, LGBTQ activists, I'm not saying all um Lesbians, gays, transgender, I'm not saying they're all wicked. Well, (laughs) the heart of man is evil. This is just one particular sin. They're not all wicked. They're just wrong on this. They're not all activists. But the activists, I would, you might want to label some as demonic, no matter what the agenda is against God's word. But this one, they will force their morality upon the entire country. It's called forcing change. Forcing change. It doesn't happen naturally, so they've got to force it. To destroy marriage, the most sacred and foundational institution in human history. And they don't want any debate, no debate, right? That's why there's censorship on steroids across all many platforms, not all platforms on social media. We've been experiencing it. We have for many years. So, bottom line, they'll never stop working, driving, pursuing, and Who's the father of lies? Right. Satan is the father of lies, the one who kills, steals, and destroys. So it'll be interesting to see after that vote today in the Senate on the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. It'll be interesting to see what they do next. Okay, next topic, we mentioned how is the church responding. 249 North Carolina churches voted to leave the United Methodist Church over homosexuality. Um, It says they announced their departure from the UMC over their changing the doctrines, the the unbiblical doctrines of what we're talking about, same-sex marriage. Um, So the the number of departing congregations represents about 32% of the regional body's churches and about 22% of its membership, the North Carolina Conference reports. The future is bright, especially because God has something to do with it, said North Carolina Bishop Leonard Fairley. We know the end of the story because of who Jesus Christ is. May you hold each other dear, regardless of what we voted on here. Hold each other dear in your prayers. Um, so they're leaving. Many are leaving that denomination. Another one bites the dust, friends. And it's happening. We were not surprised by this. Um, by the way, the vote, if you're interested in that, of the special session of the United Methodist Church North Carolina Conference, the vote by delegates was 957 to 165 in favor of leaving, in favor of the disaffiliation 
of the churches from the mainline denomination. Now, we reported a couple weeks ago on another violation of biblical principles. The UMC, they elected a gay bishop. Now, they've had gay and lesbian pastors for years, right? When I said lesbian pastors, that's another issue, you know, female pastors. Um, so let's talk about that. Um, who am I talking about, by the way? I don't want to just throw that out there. Um, his name is Reverend Cedric Bridgeforth, an openly gay man. He was a bishop, and he was elected and nominated to be bishop at the United Methodist Church. So that was a couple weeks ago. Yep. So now, 55%, so just over half of U.S. Protestant pastors, not just United Methodist Church, we're talking about Protestant, report the senior pastor role is open to women. 76% of mainline pastors said females can serve as senior pastors. 44% of evangelicals said the same. Methodists, 94%. Baptists, 14%. Said the senior pastor role is open to women. A Pentecostal, 78, according to LifeWay Research. Um, the question has been debated for centuries with biblical scholars. Christ is the head of the church. He said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. He is our authority, final authority. Man is the head of the household. There's a spiritual covering that has to, it has to be God's order. Um, so the discussion over complementarianism and egalitarianism is multifaceted. As this is a you know it's a tough subject, guys, when we talk about this. But I brought it up because we might as well, if we're talking about one percent of U.S. couples, you know, same-sex couples that are married, just one percent. Let's talk about how the church is dealing with this too. So, just a couple articles. Um, we've got to take a break in a minute. When we come back, we're going to talk about some life issues. And, yeah, I think I, I skimmed through. I'm getting better at not staying with in, entire articles and just going through the bullet points. So, oh, there's a couple of interesting headlines over at Faithwire. One of them. Did you hear about the View co-host that claimed Jesus would be the Grand Marshal in LGBTQ Pride Parade? All right, let's talk about that when we come back. Plus, Christmas with Tim Allen's Santa Claus. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. So, actor Tim Allen's Santa Claus's line about saying Merry Christmas has sparked some internet furor. <laughs> uh, so, a quick line in the, the new series, The Santa Clauses, is reportedly drawing the ire of some internet critics. Um, Scott Calvin is, is the role that Tim Allen plays in the Santa Claus films. And he's no stranger to debate. He's an outspoken conservative. You don't, if you don't know anything about his background, he has no problem sharing his views over the years. As evidence, he slammed the thought police for ruining comedy. And, um, let's just talk about what's happening with this new one. Um, Apparently, he told this outlet that the original plot for the Disney Plus series, The Santa Claus, had some elements that he didn't want to include as he sought to focus on Christmas and the season's true meaning. He said this, quote, it originally had a lot of otherworldly characters and ghosts and goblins. I said, no, this is Christmas. It's Christ." Miss, it literally is a religious holiday, he said. We don't have to blow trumpets, but I do want you to acknowledge that that's what this is about. If you want to get into Santa Claus, you're going to have to go back to history, and it's all about religion. So apparently there's a line in there. Um, he said, we, we dive deep as it gets later about St. Nicholas and the Turkish priest that started this, but he delivered a powerful message. He said, the heart of Christmas is about giving, Getting is what we've gotten so used to, but the whole thing is about what it's like to give. Give as a father to his children. Um, 
he said something about just there's a, a subtle line apparently in the the new film, the new movie that he says that people don't even want to say Merry Christmas anymore, acknowledge that. And people said, okay, now he's getting political. So that's apparently what sparked. Let's see. Let's see if I can get the actual quote. But it's very interesting. It's so benign, you guys. We're talking about a family movie, a Christmas movie. And here it is. Here it is. He said, it struck me as something truly weird. Uh, uh, this is a weird thing, what they're trying to put into these kids' series. He said, someone wants to stop us from saying Merry Christmas. And he said, it's not some random campaign. It's a low-key effort to vilify anyone who doesn't celebrate the holiday. In a grown-up movie, I just groan and ignore it. This is what someone who criticized it said. But it's going to continue. Years ago, and, and I'm, I'm not going to get up on my soapbox like I usually do when it comes to saying Merry Christmas and just saying God bless you, Merry Christmas, trying to get back to reminding people of the meaning, the reason for the season. Instead of falling and conforming to the world and falling in line and submitting and saying happy holidays, happy holidays, you can say that in July, right? You can say that in May. There's Mother's Day. There's Memorial Day. You can say that in February. There's President's Day. Think of Lincoln's birthday, maybe. There's Valentine's Day. You can say it in March. There's St. Patrick's Day. Then there's Easter. You can say happy holidays all through the year. I can't think of August. I'm not sure if you can say it in August. <laughs> no, seriously, though, guys, just something simple. Don't do it like in a condescending way when you say Merry Christmas to someone. God bless you and have a wonderful Christmas. Don't fall for the happy holidays, but don't do it. And when someone says, you know, almost every time you check out at a store, if you're buying something, you'll hear happy holidays. They're not, a lot of stores don't allow their employees to say Merry Christmas. It's a, it's a policy now. And that's programming. They, they've, they've fallen to pressure of the LGBTQ, of those who are anti-Christian, meaning, you know, atheists and others, the, Freedom from Religion Foundation. They've tried to get the mention of Christmas removed. And, it, and it's all about commercialism. I see, I mean, I told you a couple of weeks ago, even before Thanksgiving, I told you about um, commercials on TV. I'm watching all these commercials. I'm seeing red and green colors, ribbons, presents. I, mean, I see what we would say is a Christmas tree. Nothing mentioned about Christmas. But, hey, this holiday... Why don't you blah, 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 blah. Well, this holiday, how about if I not shop at your store? <laughs> and that's the only way they're going to, they're never going to learn because people are going to continue to support. But I'm just calling out this. It's really hypocritical, but respond in a different way. So let's move on to the next topic. I mentioned um, the View co-host claimed Jesus would play a major role in an LGBT pride parade. As, as if she knows, I guess, Sonny Hostin? Or is it Hostin? I'm not sure who, who this is. But it's one of the liberal ladies on The View um, claimed that if Jesus were on earth right now, he would play a leading role. Uh, the Son of God, she says, would serve as the Grand Marshal of the event. <sighs> I don't know that they hide behind religion because I said this on the show once before. Jesus would be the Grand Marshal at the Pride Parade. I really mean that. So if you watch The View, which I pray to God that nobody in our audience does, but there are millions of women who do, and it is a, really a Democrat show if they bring on anybody who's Christian, conservative, or Republican. I mean, they get slammed and outnumbered, and they are silenced a lot of times by Whoopi Goldberg and some of Joy Behar, and you see how they're treated, right? Um, let's see. The audience interestingly enough, did not seem receptive to these comments. Hmm, now that's interesting. They had a little conversation about weaponizing religion. And um, it, it's such confusing theology over there on The View. And it reminds me of 1 Corinthians 2.14, which says, but people who aren't spiritual cannot receive these truths from God's Spirit because it's foolishness to them, for they cannot understand it. Right? 
That's anyway. Let's move on. Life issues. Um, four medical associations and four physicians filed the first lawsuit of its kind against the FDA. They charged the federal government with putting politics over science by thrusting dangerous chemical abortion pills on unsuspecting girls and women. The FDA never studied the use of these drugs or their effect on girls. We've got to understand this. Just like the vaccines were experimental, these abortion pills and some of these, quote, medications they're putting out there, the FDA is also covering up the damage by not reporting complications unless the patient dies. And then there are cases of that you can look up. So some, let's talk about some good news. Three words that, that should never go together. Mom in need, mother in need. And over this Christian radio station, I'm not sure where this is, must be on the, on the West Coast, KSBJ did something about that. They hosted the world's largest baby shower. Their audience of believers provided tons of critical baby care gifts, over $30,000 in gift cards. Any mother would feel loved and after receiving this kind of attention and be given gifts and on providing, having her needs met by the Christian community. So we've got to be better at that nationwide, friends. How about if we make more of an effort to do that? So this is a call to every Christian um, radio station, media outlet. Let's demonstrate God's love to all mothers, especially single moms, especially young, confused, teenage or, you know, young mothers who are maybe overwhelmed, single. They're, maybe they're in poverty or maybe before their moms. Let's talk about pre-moms. They're pregnant, right? Let's get the church to be a support. Not judgment, support. If we are truly pro-life, we will support every single life. But I love this story of them raising money for mothers in need. And again, that was called the world's largest baby shower, where they raised money for crisis pregnancies. Um, So now coming to a court near you, you've heard from life issues that companies like Hulu... (laughs) This is sad. This is the corporate world now. It's it's all around. They pay travel expenses for their female employees to get abortions. Now, I mean, other companies have done that across the country. I mean, I can't think of the list right now. But you know a lot of these corporations have been in the news for paying for their female employees to get abortions. But they do not offer similar benefits for women who choose life for their babies. So you talk about equality, you talk about fairness, come on now. They're not offering benefits for moms who are married or, you know, families who want to have their baby, allow their babies to be born. But they're paying travel expenses and giving money to female employees who want to get abortions. So it's wrong on many levels. And... um the commission of the EEOC, well, I'm not sure exactly what, employment something, forgive me, I don't have that written out here. It just says the EEOC commissioner launched an investigation into such companies saying they discriminate and these companies do pay abortion expenses because it's far less, far less costly than covering birth-related expenses. But come on, if you're going to pay for one, you should pay for another, right? So... Um, Guys, I'm just going to share what's on my heart. I, I don't have enough time to open up another article, but I really uh, appreciate you guys. You know, if you go to StandUpForTheTruth.com, I think Crash made it so a pop-up, and we've never done this before, a pop-up will come up on the website, and it says something like, hey, help share the podcast. We are shadow banned. We are censored on social media, and it's only because of you that this... Oh, here we go. Yeah, your sharing our truth content helps bypass the censors. Please use the share buttons at the bottom of each post or use the share options in your podcast readers to help us equip believers about things that matter. So that comes up now if you're new to the podcast or if you haven't checked the website in a while. Stand up 
forthetruth.com. Thanks for your support. Um, we always seem to get amazing support and financial donations at the end of the year, uh, November, December. So we really appreciate it, you guys. We can't do it without you. We are listener-supported. We are nonprofit. And we have a small staff, so we're doing the, a lot of work. We're doing the work of several people. Um, so thank you for that. Remember to share. That's all I can say. You don't need any money to do what we're asking you to do. Pray for this ministry. First of all, um, our part-time co-host, Mary Danielson, she's got a cold, um, some sort of bug. Pre- please pray for her healing. And our general manager was out sick last week. Lee Dudek, pray for his healing. It's down to, you know, Scotty, Crash, uh, Katie, myself, Anne. Um, so please pray that God would keep us healthy here. And uh, there's there's work to do, and it never stops, as you know. It never stops. So pray for our health. And share, simply share the podcast. Find us on social media, on Twitter. Find us, and we're, I know we're censored there too. Find us on Facebook. And I th- I think we're trying to work out a way to get the podcasts out in other areas. But thank you for subscribing. You can also go to the website and subscribe to the what we call the Weekly Watchman. There's a, a button somewhere that says subscribe. Click on that at standupforthetruth.com, and it's a newsletter sign-up. Technically, it's not a newsletter because we don't write anything lengthy or put breaking news in there. It's not a newsletter. We have to change that, but it's the Weekly Watchman. You can sign up for it. It's once a week you get an email on Friday afternoon in your inbox, once a week, and all it is is a podcast recap. Hopefully, the podcasts from Monday through Friday are put in that email. We don't. It's it's automatically generated to put the five podcasts each week and recap those and send that out to you if you missed any. That's all it is. So please go to StandUpForTheTruth.com, click on subscribe. Now I'm just going to again point out another resource, and that is the Word Resources. Um. Trusted resources, if you click on that on our website, that's our page of well over 200 resources you can trust to help you connect the dots. Christians, conservatives, concerned citizens, biblical worldview, news, current events, teaching, commentary. Okay? Um, and one more thing. We want to thank Harbinger's Daily. They, again, um, they found us. We're thankful that they did. They have been... Getting directing people to our website, to our podcast. God's given us favor, truly, uh, because we don't pay them. And they also publish or republish some of my articles. And one they uh, they found one from a couple years ago, and that was on uh, Joel Osteen. And what is it called? Where is it? I just had it. Seducing the already lukewarm church. Deceptive prosperity preaching. So that's over at Harbinger's Daily. Uh, thank you guys so very much. Um, that ran out. We just did some business the last five minutes. So tomorrow we will have Terry James, Lord willing. We'll talk about his recent book and some of his articles. And you will hear from Stephen Black on Wednesday. Thursday, Julian Appling, Wisconsin Family Council. Friday, Mary Daniels and I will cover much more news and hot topics and all the things that I'm sure you need to hear about Thank you guys again. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.